0: You are listening to the Brand Architect Podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Architect Podcast. I'm really happy that I relaunched it about a week ago. So we are back. I'm going to be producing and live streaming everything on a regular basis once a week. I'm very excited to, to have the guest over. i let's let's have him over hello steve uh i i was just saying that i'm very excited to have you back i very rarely um talk to the same person twice on the same podcast um because uh it just you know it doesn't happen very often but uh your interview that we did together about i don't even remember was it about two e- two years ago i or think seven? so yeah uh, I really enjoyed it and, uh, and you know, you were in the list of, you know, when I come back to it once again, it would be really cool to have another conversation and to have a catch up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've done more than 200 interviews. I think I had over uh, for the second time only two people. So uh, up to now. So uh, absolutely a big pleasure to have you over. Thanks a lot um and yeah for uh i'll try to give my version of the introduction of the way i see you but i would like to get your version as well later on so um the the few things that i love about you and i started reading the book blue fishing which was uh your book you launched uh last year i think
1: it was two years ago now yeah
0: Two years already. Yeah. So uh, I didn't have the opportunity to read it. So I started last night and I read half of it. Uh, so, um, yeah, you talk about being yourself. You talk about where you come from. Where you know and where you are now, and that you know I have a feeling it didn't change too much in terms of the person you are and you were back then and now and uh and I think you uh you know i love the the fact that n- no matter what you're doing in your business. You still stay the way you are in terms of uh, not very traditional conversion, uh, you know, um, traditional looks and, and behavior, which is, you know, in terms of expectations from the society and how they perceive you. Um, and, and I really love the fact that you have a unique business i mean this is a business that you created not by following a model or having yet another something out there which is better than the rest but you actually created the whole you know concept and everything else so those are the things that i really admire it's it's very interesting in terms of uh, the business for those of you who don't know steve um Steve is making uh dreams come true and he's uh basically giving you experiences that you can't buy with money but if you if you know Steve or if you become his client you actually can make it. So this was my version. Uh I would like to hear yours.
1: <laughs> Mine. Uh well, that's a hell of an intro. I'm I'm concerned I'm going to be able to live up to that excitement. <laughs> um I You're paying me too many compliments. Uh, The bottom line of it is like every entrepreneur, we try to find out what excites us, uh, what engages us, and eventually what we're good at and what we can monetize. Um, I wanted to hang around with rich people because I was poor. All of my friends were poor. I wanted to hang around with millionaires and billionaires so I could find out how come they were millionaires and billionaires and I weren't. In hanging out with them, I had to try and find out a, a reason to be in the same room And I just managed to have this lack of fear Mm -hmm. about events, you know, and people look at these big events in the world and these private parties and they, they, they get awestruck. They get a deer in headlights and they're frightened to go in and and just walk in. And I learned from a very early age that I would just, it was almost fun to me that if there was a, a house party or, or a private party going on somewhere, I would just walk through the front door as though I'd been invited. And my friends would be like, "How do you do that?" And I'd be like, "I just walked through the front door. I didn't care. I looked as though I deserved to be there." And so, when I started meeting these rich people, I started doing that for them. I would walk into parties and go, "Hey, uh, I got four guys turning up in uh, twenty minutes. Um, you know, did you want them to go through this door, or did you want them to go through that door?" You know, I would just, I would ask questions that they couldn't answer with a no, and yeah. I was very yeah. assumptive, and so it just grew from being a a party planner and a party promoter into uh, launching. We're not launching, but developing into this experiential concierge firm. So people would say to me, hey, can I get in the pits with Ferrari in Monaco? And I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, can I drive a Ferrari Formula One car? And I'd be like, yeah, okay, let me arrange that. And so it just it just grew from people wanting front row seats to actually being backstage. And then Mm -hmm. a few times I've actually put them on stage where they've sang with their favorite, favorite rock stars. So I turned into, as Forbes called me, the real life wizard of Oz where I just gave you more exceptional cocktail stories.
0: Yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense. It's it's, it's interesting how organically it kind of developed to that. Uh, And I think, uh, Part of the reason why it happened, I'm just trying to, to, you know, to understand that is that you paid attention to what people wanted even before they realized they wanted that. I think that's a very important thing because, uh, you know, you, you could have continued just you know, getting the front rows for them and and stops there, right? But there were two factors there that you know. First of all, uh, the realization that probably they wanted more than they realized, and and the second realization that. You, back then, when you were saying yes, you you didn't know how you were going to do that, right? It was just the belief that I'll figure it out somehow, Yeah, um, which is this risk-taking mentality of, okay, you know, in worst case, I will probably not be able to make it, right? But yeah. other than that, it's just going ahead and, and, and trying it out. So, um, uh, Hello? Yeah, you froze yep, on mo- me yeah. for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The same I think there.
1: you're right. I think today, the, the problem we've got today forget the coronavirus, forget recessions, forget any of those things that could possibly happen to us or are happening to us. We've evolved into a transactional society and yeah. we've moved into an environment where you contact Amazon for things, Siri. Alexa, we're used to making orders and receiving that order. You can't phone up Amazon and go, hey, what toilet roll shall I get? There's no one to converse with you. There's no one to make conversation or suggestions. So we've got used to walking in the McDonald's going, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, I'm gone. If you can actually listen to what someone wants and then go, hey, why do you want that? Why is that important? Why did you choose that? Have mm-hmm. you considered this? If you start doing that today, it's remarkable. Now, here's the dumb thing. This is what we were all doing 10, 15, 20 years ago. We yeah. were all doing that. Mm-hmm. The people got ADD. You know, I remember being an 80s child, ADD was something you got tablets for. You know, they used to give you literally medication to get you over ADD. We're in a planet now. That's got ADD. And if we don't get that cheeseburger within like 10 seconds, we start complaining. So yeah. what we do now is we moved, we moved into what people were expecting. Now people are taught, don't converse with a client, just give them what they want, whatever they ask for, just give it to them. Well, people don't ask for what they want. Why? Because they don't know what they can get. You yeah. know, people say that, you know, the client's always Right. No, the client doesn't know what they don't know. That's your job. So when someone comes and asks for something, I don't care if it's a cheeseburger. I don't care if it's a new house. Uh, I do a lot of consulting with uh, a lot of coaching with clients. And I have people that own bakeries, jet companies, real estate companies. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, when the person comes up to you, just try this one exercise. Say to them, okay, uh, I hear you. But why did you land on that as your option? Mm -hmm. Or why did you decide on that? And just find out what it is that created that process or was in that process to give that ask. And then you can go, well, that's great. That's wonderful. You never say that's stupid. You just go, okay, that's (laughs) great. But have you considered these other three options? The worst case scenario is, one, you show your care, and two, you educate them on options. They may not need one of those options that time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the next they will time they know it's there. Yeah, they and they're going to come back to you. And when someone says, "Oh, I'm looking for something," they're going to turn around and go, "You want to speak to Steve? You know, you want to speak to Anna? You know, because those people they know what they're talking about. And nowadays, people don't because they're working on transactions. You ask me for something blue. Here you go. Get out. That should not be the way it should be."
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you, you, you briefly mentioned the coronavirus and, and the situation we are in. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, I have a feeling that many people are, are going through this period of re-evaluation uh and and kind of you know looking at what they've got what they want and kind of you know because they realize that in 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 one day everything can change so drastically and no matter how well they planned their whole life you know there are many things that are completely out of their control and you know for example i don't know i mean people who were uh very materialistic and really enjoyed uh expensive stuff now stuck at home like what's the value of that expensive handbag they had in the closet, mm. right? So uh, do you think this period, specifically for, for clients like yours, right, who are coming to you for experiences and stuff, do you think this period of reevaluation will actually change the type of things that are coming
1: to you for? Uh, 100%, and we saw it in 9-11. Now, first of all, we need to understand that whenever there's a recession, there are still people with money and you mm-hmm. can buy things. You can, When there's a recession, hotels are cheaper, flights are cheaper, products are cheaper. Yeah, That's not happening now because we can't consume. We physically can't purchase a hotel room. We physically can't go down Bond Street, Rodeo Drive, buy a and buy a, a $10,000 watch or ring. We can't do that. So we've never been in a situation where we can't consume and as human beings, we're massive consumers. And yeah. now what's happened mm-hmm. is they've literally turned around the planet. It's turned around and gone. You can't go out for dinner. You can't go down in the pub with your mates. You can't buy that shirt. You can't do any of those things. So when this yeah. finishes, there's going to be a consumption free fall. Everyone's going to go nuts The second they say, oh, you can go out now, the restaurants are open, the restaurants are going to be packed, the bars are going to be packed. But Mm -hmm. what they're soon going to realize is it wasn't the meal, it was the ambience, it was the people. Now, there's this great thing going on at the moment called social distancing. Well, the truth is we started socially distancing ourselves from people 15 years ago. The second Mm -hmm. that MySpace came along and Friendster which a lot of people, there's people out there that have gone, I've never heard of to, I've never heard of MySpace. All of the social platforms that came along that taught us, if you want to be social, you do it here. People are now yeah. realizing that's not social. That's a billboard. It's not, so, yeah. and I want to be social. I have not heard any of my clients talking about they're upset because they can't get the latest Porsche or they want a a green Lamborghini, or they want a $50,000 out of my PGA watch. I've not heard any of my clients saying that. I've heard Mm -hmm. things like, I just want to get the family down to here, or I just want to be able to walk down to my local bakery store. People Mm -hmm. are realizing that we're in an abundant affluent world now, and the privileges of just being able to walk down, because if you look at Starbucks, if you think about it, $5, $5, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Los Angeles, $5 for a cup of coffee, it's pretty ridiculous, really, if you think about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we're privileged to be able to go in and buy it. We're privileged to be able to walk down the street, stand in line with a bunch of other people that are also privileged, and mm-hmm. buy that coffee. And, and there's a whole feeling about it that we now don't have you'll be amazed how many people are going to be over the moon. And this is what's going to happen. It's not a guess. This is what's going to happen. There's going to be more conversations in that coffee line than we've ever had before. Mm -hmm. In the old days, and I'm talking about one month ago, three months ago, you would get into the coffee line at your local Starbucks and you would do this. Yeah, You would look at your phone until you got to the barista. And even then, sometimes... You would still be looking at your phone. you go, oh, uh, yeah, I'll have a cap, a frappalache or whatever. Um, and then you'd go back into your phone and you go and hide in the corner until they called your name out. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you people are going to change for a short period of time. We're going to be back in the coffee line. No one's going to have their phones out. People mm-hmm. are going to be conversing with each other. You know, wow, are you are you glad that we're doing this? Oh, how did, how did you ho-? – there's going to be conversations – yeah. Because as humanity, we need that. The sad thing is we'll soon forget. We always forget. We forgot about the recessions. We forgot about 9-11. We'll forget about this coronavirus. But I'm hoping, and you mentioned it earlier before we came on, those people that think that the highest priority to sit on the sofa and binge watch Netflix,
0: mhm-.
1: Nothing's going to change for that lazy ass. That's still going to be the people that take the easy option out. That's still going to be the people that complain every time that things go wrong. They're still going to people be the people to stick their head in the sand, but yeah. the people that are going to conquer the people that are going to see the silver lining in this experience. Those are the people that, as you say, are now looking inward. We're looking yeah. at our feet. We're looking at our surroundings, We're looking at our wardrobes and we're going, hey, does this help me? You know, does that expensive handbag help me? Does that car help me? Does my CRM help me? Does my listing service help me? And if the answer is no, I think you're going to see a lot of people cleaning house. I've been cleaning house. I've been speaking with my clients to clean house. And the easiest way to do it, just to give you a little tip, look at your credit card statement for all of those 9 dollars those $12, those subscription services that you pay for, yeah, and then go, do I use that? Does that benefit me? Does that aid me? Start clearing house and carry that on through. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people that are sitting at home on a mandatory lockdown at the moment with a partner, and they're looking at that partner going, when this is over, so are we.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I
1: wouldn't be surprised
0: yeah i think it's it's you know it's it's i think it's time of extremes right uh because of the situation we are in um uh, the best of the people comes out the worst of the people comes out and then the same with relationships it either gets better or it gets worse right yeah because it's an extreme case and a case scenario and then things develop either one way or the other so um the what i think is after, uh, you know, once we get out of this situation, once it's over in terms of the virus uh, burst out, there will be loads of you know implications and effects that will be lasting for much longer. And I think yeah. one of the implications would be changes in lifestyle, changes in, in consumer behavior, changes in values, and all of that will, will lead to many business owners uh, having to adjust and adapt to the new world that is coming out. And I think now, since we have so much time for it, many are stuck home without too much to do. Uh, this is a time to use to to prepare for for when we can get out of the house or when the you know the normal comes back. So, what do you yeah. think is the best way to productively and efficiently spend on you know now looking at your future, looking at your business, you looking at your brand.
1: Well, I don't want to be obnoxious, but now is a fantastic time. And I don't want to sit here on a soapbox and go, hey, I'm making more money. I'm not. Most of my revenue streams have been stopped. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I own one of the most successful concierge firms. That's dead. Um, Like all travel industries are at the moment. It's just there's been a complete pause button that was just hit overnight and it's dead. Still, today is one of the best times for us because... We know what's going to happen. We know that the vaccine is going to appear. We know that the coronavirus is going to go, okay? We know all of that, and then we know we're going to be able to get back in life. Now is a phenomenal time to focus on you. Now, no one sharpens their weapons while sitting on the battlefield. They need to sharpen their weapons now before they go go to battle and go to war. We know that when this is over, There's going to be so many sales. There's going to be so many incentives. Everyone's going to want to travel because they want the cheap flights, the cheap hotels. Mm. There's going to be a hockey stick of consumption. As we said earlier, at the moment, no one's buying anything. Yeah. I guarantee you the average is going to probably be within six weeks. The average over the year will be parallel. You know, the bottom line of it is that people are going to consume like crazy Uh And you want to make sure that you're ready to accept your share of that. So quite simply now, you should be doing everything to make you sharper. Read, clean house, focus on your flaws, look at your world. And, And a lot of people have learned this already. You rely on Dorothy to do something at work. You rely on Michael to do something at work. You rely on Jim to do something at work. Now you can't get hold of these people. What are you missing? What is it that Dorothy does that you don't know what she does? You need to write down, uh, literally on on a on a, a spreadsheet, what mm-hmm. it is she does that now that she's gone can't be uh, uh, can't be done. So that when this situation happens again, mm-hmm. you're educated as to what needs to happen. Now it happens to all of us. I realized that I never had access to our QuickBooks to generate an invoice. So in okay. which case, if I needed to quickly send out an invoice to someone, I can't quickly do anything. So I got hold of the person and said, okay, how do you do this? And they run through it. So in, this, in the case of an emergency, I can now do it. Focus on your flaws. Focus on where you are uneducated within your business so mm-hmm. you can strengthen it up for when you come out. Read, listen to podcasts, listen to other people's opinions Mm-hmm. agree with them discard them, whatever but listen first and get your mentality sharp so that when you come out all the a-holes sitting on the couch watching netflix they're going to be in the dust and the rear view mirror because you'll hit the first corner first
0: yeah absolutely i totally agree with you this is the time to take action and 100%. to double down on everything yeah, yeah absolutely so um you, you also have loads of views about personal branding and, and, you know, yet again, it's, it's not the traditional way of looking at things, right? Uh, very often, uh, you know, there are several gurus about personal branding who are actually teaching you how to, put the right filters right on, 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 you know, front of you to, to make sure that you look better. And when I say look, meaning like, you know, you're positioning yourself yeah. in a better European, yeah. light. So, um, so, uh, you know, that is that what many, many are doing these days, right? Putting the right filters, uh, putting the right angles and just, you know, showcasing stuff, which is not even sometimes, um, it has anything in common with with your personality, so it's not really that personal right? yeah uh so so tell me how you view things, like someone who is and I think personal branding is probably t- today, as we spoke about this, it, it's the right time to revisit this and also you know figure out how you're going to shape your personal brand. So uh how are you approaching this?
1: So I don't. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a funny thing. I run, I run a branding, a branding, marketing and coaching company. And the first thing I teach people is to stop branding yourself because you are correct. When people think, oh, I'm going to brand myself. They very quickly become somebody that they're not mm-hmm. by the filters, by the look, by the ambience, by the, the, the different kind of language there's language on that website that they couldn't even spell let alone say and <laughs> yeah. so the one of the things i do whenever i meet a client is i say to them your brand is what everyone is saying about you when you leave the party okay if you yeah. walk into an event you talk to 10 people and you leave and they say well steve he's the fattest person i've ever met that's <laughs> your brand doesn't matter what you do. It's what other people talk about you that says who you are. And so in which case, your brand has got to be to identify the problem that you are the solution to. So when I talk to my clients and I coach my clients on that, I go, okay, what do you do? What is your unicorn? What is it that only you can do? And then get rid of the other things and have that unicorn identified. Now, you can very easily place it in, in things like your website, like here's, again, a perfect example. Um, I do the first, one of the first things I do uh, with my clients is a social audit. Mm -hmm. If you look at every single one of your social pages, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, um, all of them, Mm -hmm. and you look at the bio, is the bio the same? Now, if you look at Nike, Starbucks, Apple, all the bios are the same. Why? Because they're not different just because they're on a different platform. Why is it you're different on a different platform? And so Mm -hmm. the next thing to look at is your picture. And it it, it amazes me. You look on LinkedIn, and everyone's looking all smart in a business suit, leaning against a a, a fancy car. And then they go over to Facebook, and it's girls gone wild. (laughs) The, The bottom line is that you try to be a different person on a different platform rather than focusing on yourself and who you are. On all of my platforms, um, apart from one, because one of them, I've got a picture of me with my dog, but on every single one of them, black t-shirt and a glass of whiskey, because I don't want to confuse the people that I'm working with. And that's the problem with branding. People are coming to you because you've got all of this eloquent copy. You've got all of these fantastic pictures. You've got all of this purposeful energy written about you by somebody else that doesn't know you. When they Mm -hmm. meet you, it's confusion, and no one does anything with confusion. So the first thing I do is I try to identify, what can you solve? And like me, I could give you better cocktail stories. Like me, I can help make your company's message amplified, increase clarity, remove confusion. Mm -hmm. What I look like is irrelevant because I'm solving the problem. Now, if you think about it, if you've got a headache at 2 o'clock in the morning, and you reach over for a headache tablet, do you have any care of the packaging of that headache tablet?
0: No.
1: No. You care that it does the job. You yeah. care that it solves the problem. That's the branding. What problem do you solve? What are you the solution to somebody else's problem? And those are the people that are going to talk about you when you leave the party. That's how you brand yourself.
0: Okay, clear. I mean, not everyone is as lucky as you are to be able to figure out and come up with a business that is unique, you know, as
1: a business, right? It doesn't so, have to be unique. You could yeah. be a plumber. You could be, you could be a plumber and you've just got to make sure that on every single social platform <coughs> you make it clear that you are a plumber. And you give – you know, if you're a plumbing company, then why – or if you're a self-employed plumber – why don't you put up on your um, on your Facebook and on your social pages, while we're in coronavirus, these are three common things that I see within my industry. This is how you can make sure to avoid getting me to have to come to your house. These are the best ways to make sure you don't need a repair. You just need to maintain. Why don't you give tips, tricks, ideas on how they can save money without plumbing, how they can repair links, it's very easy for you to just on social and it costs nothing Yeah. do three things that you know that can help someone else. Because here's the other thing. Most people are lazy. Most people won't do it. I will go online and I I run a Facebook community called an entrepreneur's advantage with Steve Sims. I will go on there and I will talk about how to launch a podcast. And you know this, I will talk about how to launch a podcast, how to do a book, how to get on stage and be a paid speaker. Now I will give that information away and you can guarantee within 48 hours, I got people coming to me going, Hey, can I pay you to do it? Now I've already told them how to do it. Yeah. They want me to be the one that does it. If you're a plumber, if you give people three ways to maintain your plumbing, don't be surprised if they turn around and go, well, I'm not going to do it. I know how to do it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pay someone that can. And so, start doing it that way. You don't have to have an individual, unique business to start promoting yourself.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, and and I like what I liked uh, from what you say is that you know everything you said was bringing value to the audience, right? It wasn't a self promotional stuff. It wasn't salesy. It wasn't like you know douchebaggy style type of thing that we usually see on on social media or cult cold messages that we're getting usually on LinkedIn with the pitch just, you know, just hitting you straight away, right? It's bringing value, putting something that actually is, is useful. And then, you know, if, if, if people feel that, then, you know, it's, it's also, I think the time uh, of uh, creating relationship with your potential, uh, you know, future customers. You can't serve them right now because of the situation, but, you know, eventually they will be needing this. And when they will need you that, you know, if you have built a relationship with them beforewards, they won't be looking for someone else. They will come straight to you. And I guess that is something that no one really, you know, thinks a lot about because many people kind of stopped creating content or stop marketing their companies at this period, which is, I think, this is when you exactly have to double down and do more of it because now it's so much easier to stand out because everyone else kind of, you know, decided to to watch Netflix instead, right? Yep, um, 100%, yep. So, uh, so yeah, building relationships. This is, I think, the secret sauce of your success, you know, part of it uh because uh you are very good at building uh genuine which is very important relationships with your clients uh you know with your partners uh uh with you know on on, on personal level as well and you're always looking for the fair win-win relationship right you you don't go there with an ask straight away you build the foundation for that so uh Is it something that comes intuitively? Because some people, I have a feeling some people just don't feel that or don't really get that. Don't, even if they want to, they don't know how to, how to approach people, how to talk to the people, like, you know, how to differentiate of what to say when. And, you know, there is this mismatch of awkward situations that comes when the people who don't really feel that try doing it and it gets even worse, right? So what is it about it?
1: Well, it's, it's today. Um, the problem is I've got a friend of mine. She's actually the, uh, the commissioner of the Las Vegas police force. And, um, she said that quite simply today, we're losing the ability to have eye contact and converse. That's because even at a young age, if you walk down the street, you know, when you can, you'll see a baby or you'll see a young child in a pushchair, and nine times out of 10, they've got a tablet in their hands. You know, they've Mm -hmm. got a phone or something and they're playing a game. They're not looking around. They're not staring. They're not absorbing their environment. They're absorbing that screen. And Mm -hmm. so what's happening is as people are growing, they're used to the fact that to gain um, some kind of uh, engagement, it's got to be through that digital presence. It can't be through their physical. So a Mm -hmm. lot of people are actually losing the ability to communicate with each other. Yeah, And it's shocking. I'm not – good at communication. If you look at me, you know, if I knocked on your door at eight o'clock at night and you didn't know who I was, you wouldn't open the door. The fact <laughs> is I'm getting really, uh, I'm, I'm getting good. I'm successful. I'm making deals because I'm communicating where so many other people aren't. I'm not a good communicator. It's mm-hmm. sure the rest of the planet has become so God awful bad at it. I look quite good, uh, even like looking like me. I can actually go up now and start a conversation. And we we do this um we do this coffee shop thing, and I've done this with my my students before. And it's funny. I don't suggest you try this now or when mm-hmm. we get back. Try it in six months' time, okay? When everyone forgets what they've just been through. But what we used to do is we used to take about five of my students into a coffee shop and I would say, start a meaningful conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go into a coffee shop, because everyone's in their screens, when you start a conversation with them, they look as though that you are intruding in their space. People <coughs> excuse me. People look at you like, what are you doing? Can't you see I've got my phone here? And the other thing you notice. And for anyone watching this, if you hold your phone like that, okay, if you then put your phone down and pick your hands up in the same situation, it's like holding your guard up. It's a defensive position. So Mm -hmm. people, without realizing it, are in coffee shops in defensive positions. They've got their fists up. So when you start having a conversation with someone, they're already in a fighting position. They may not realize it, but that body is saying, all right, I'm tucked in, I'm tight, I'm defensive. Who is this person that's trying to get into my space? Mm-hmm. And you're greeted with that animosity, and you've got to break it down. It's, it's very funny to see it happen. I'll walk up to someone in a, in a coffee shop, and I'll be like, hey, nice shoes. And do you know the first thing that happens? They I don't thank you. you. Huh? They don't smile. They look at their shoes as though they can't remember what shoes they put on that morning.
0: Wow. Interesting. Okay.
1: Literally, they just go, they just look down. If you can't remember what shoes you got on, then you've got bigger problems than that. But (laughs) it's a knee jerk reaction that avoids a response. And it's Mm -hmm. a moment of just what's going on. You know, why is he remarking about my, my shoes? It's very, very strange, but today you've got to try it. Now, We've got better over the last. I'm, I'm hearing stories of, and you, we've seen it on TV, where neighbors are conversing with neighbors across the street or across the balcony, or they're singing outside yeah. of their balcony to neighbors that in 20 years of living there,
0: they never spoke to. Yeah.
1: Never spoken to. And now yeah. they're singing opposite each other. You see these, you see these ones where someone's celebrating a birthday and the entire apartment building is wishing them happy birthday. You know, I I saw one yesterday where there's, um, there's a family, there's a trend that's happened in America now, uh, called the bear hunt and Mm -hmm. people are putting, um, bears in the windows of their house. And so the kids are going out just to get out of the house. The parents are taking the kids out for a walk around the neighborhood and the children have to see if they can spot the bears. It's keeping the kids busy. It's making the kids smile, but the other people are waving out the window or stopping on the side of the, of the path and the other Uh person and they're having a two minute conversation. And people are going, I have never in, in like 20 years spoken to Betsy that lived next door to me And now she's putting bears in the windows for my kids. And I was just talking about her, about a recipe that she's got that we're going to share once this coronavirus is over. People are now conversing again. Here's one that will scare the living shit out of everyone. Can you imagine if tomorrow the internet went down? Now that that would have a lot of people, all of those people Netflix binging would cry. It would mean that we have to communicate even more so, <coughs> use the tools that we've got to assist us to enable us to maximise our voice, but don't use them to replace us. No. If you think that Facebook is your only way to communicate, you've got a big problem. Learn to communicate so you don't rely on Facebook. So that's the lesson that we should be learning today. Where are we weak? What do we need to focus on? What do we need to tune ourselves to? But And the biggest problem that you'll come out with time and time again is you don't know how to communicate. Most people do not know how to enter into a conversation.
0: Yeah that's true i've discovered that that's that's really true so um i'm i'm thinking now like you know for, for people who are just starting right in terms of content creation because you know uh creating useful content especially now is 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 a very good uh tactic to sort of you know enter the space and and gain audiences but uh, it's easier for us when we're just you know for me personally when i'm just going back To something and i already have a a certain foundation in place and a certain audience that is there for those who are starting they create content uh but it's invisible because no one followed them before no one knew they existed and that content sort of stays online but is hidden somewhere how how would should they approach this because you know if they do it once or twice and then you don't they don't get engagement just for the pure fact that no one sell it uh, they may get just you know discouraged and stop and say oh it's not working like how should they actually trigger the initial kind of traction
1: so a friend of mine uh who well he's now a friend but this guy followed me years ago um i'm on a, I'm on about like 10 years ago um mm-hmm. and he made a comment on a posting um I don't know a month ago, and I I liked what he said. Mm-hmm. It argued, it argued with my um, my comment with my content. It argued with it, but yeah. it gave a very valid position from where he came from. So I loved uh-huh. <clears throat> I loved his argument and his repositioning of the problem. So I mentioned that within the comment, and we started a messenger conversation. <clears throat> and then we actually said, look, screw this. I'm running out of skin on my thumbs. Let's let's speak. And so we spoke to each other via the phone. Um, okay. And I said to him, you know, I, I really love the context of where you actually came from. It got me rethinking about my remark. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. don't think I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong. There's two ways to look at it and probably many others. And I said to him, I said, so where did you, where did you come out of? How, how did you stumble on that? Mm-hmm. And he said that I've been following you for like, you know, eight, eight or 10 years. And I said, oh, I, I didn't know that. He said, no, this is the first time I've ever commented.
0: Okay. And I said, oh, I
1: said, you know, we're always looking at engagement. And he said to me, and this was really good. He said, it's the 30 to one rule. He said, for every one person that likes, reacts or comments, there's 30 other people that are watching you that haven't done that. Yeah. And so, and the other thing you got to understand, and I I have it all the time. I will post a piece of comment up. I will post a piece of content up and no one, uh, I'll get some reactions to it and, and that'll be all good. And then it'll drift off for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden people will start commenting on it again. And the good thing about content is it's parked. It's just sitting there in the car park waiting for someone who wants to drive it again. And as soon as I start commenting on it again, it comes back to the forefront, enters into the algorithm and starts again. I did an article that was, um, when was it? I I think maybe six, seven years ago, I did a video um, called Don't Watch the News. Mm -hmm. And... It just, it was all about how, um, and it was a friend of mine, Peter Diamandis. He said that you wake up in the morning, all happy, you know, all cheerful. You put the news on and then there's a presenter there and they say to you, good morning. And then they tell, they spend the next two hours telling you why it's not, (laughs) you know, we, we basically live in a world where the only news that is ever consumed is bad news. Especially now, right? Especially now. So we've got bad news, bad news, bad news. And then at the end of a two-hour show, on the last 60 seconds, they'll show a clip of people singing out of apartment buildings or people going on the bear hunt, I told you. They will try to end a two-hour ass-kicking with 60 seconds of smile, hoping, well, that'll balance it out. (laughs) <laughs> bollocks it doesn't do that yeah. so I did this video about don't watch the news as I say six or seven years ago now it's very popular again and it's coming back so the content yeah. you got to focus on two things produce content that impacts you and can impact others yeah. okay the key word others mm-hmm. it's got to be it's got to be like if I started doing content regarding hair products that may impact you <laughs> it's obviously not coming from me so i've got to do things that about me so if i i, I did a posting i think i don't know how long ago on the best black t-shirts mm-hmm. because i'm always wearing black t-shirts you know yeah. my, these are my favorite three black t-shirts so i started doing that <clears throat> and it was it was helpful for other people and it came from me Yeah. If no one responds, don't worry about it. Because what may happen is two years, five years, 10 years, the content's not going anywhere. It's not like you've taken a book out of the library where you've suddenly got to start paying late fees. You haven't got to do anything with it. But if you focus on your content making an impact on others and making it impactful from you, yeah, then the right people will pick it up. Even if you get 10 people like it if you get a million people like it it doesn't matter you can't pay your mortgage with likes Absolutely. and even when you get the engagement ah eh, that's nice you still can't pay your bar tab with engagement but if you can get that engagement into a conversation that's the key and you yeah. only need one or two of those these people that run around i did a um i've started working on tiktok okay um, okay TikTok TikTok's a very interesting platform. I don't fully, I'll be honest with you, I don't fully like it now. It's basically a bunch of teenage girls gyrating around like strippers. Uh, (laughs) But the platform itself is very interesting because it's instantly shareable on any other social platform. And and it's
0: branded, so everyone has seen it, right? Yeah.
1: So it's very smart. Yes. It's going to change. If you think what Facebook was 10 years ago... It was all kids doing silly stuff. And now it's the biggest marketing platform in the planet. TikTok, kids doing silly stuff, I think is going to change. So everyone should jump on TikTok and at minimum get that name. But anyone out there that can tell you how to work TikTok is an idiot because no one knows how to work it at the moment. It's the wild west of digital. It, no one has a yeah. clue. I posted a video that Andrea Bocelli sent me. Okay. okay. Now, That's quite impressive. He sent my wife a personal video. Um, I posted it. I think it got a hundred views. There was a picture of my bulldog just sitting still in the corner. It got 25,000 views. Yeah. So that's
0: that's the interesting part. That's the interesting part about TikTok. I mean, I haven't really, I've just watched it a little bit. I haven't really, you know, done anything on it, but, um, My uh, issue with TikTok in terms of me getting on it and actually producing content on TikTok is I have a feeling that the audience and what they like there and, you know, the style of the platform itself is so not really similar to, to who I am that, you know, I would need to, you know, to put that think that, you know, to pretend a little bit or to sort of, you know, change my personal style in order to match or, you know, to get those likes because nope. that's what is nope. going on, no? no,
1: nope. complete, complete rubbish. You've got it completely wrong, Anna. Really? Bo-
0: tell me, yeah. tell me the right way.
1: <laughs> All right, so the bottom, well, there's two things. For one, you've got to get onto TikTok and you've got to register your name, okay? Okay, yeah. <clears throat> you haven't got to do anything with it. You know, register your name and then... To reserve
0: it. To reserve it, it.
1: Just imagine that we're right, and in five years' time, TikTok's the biggest social platform out there. When is the right time to get your name registered on TikTok? Today. (laughs) Thank you. So get your name registered today so you haven't got problems with it in the future. The second thing is that TikTok today is not what TikTok's going to be in a few a few years' time. And it's very similar to getting a credit rating. Now, whenever you want to borrow money, <clears throat> the last thing you do is start getting your credit rating a week before you need to borrow money.
0: True. You, start,
1: yep. you, you need a credit rating from 10 years ago, okay? Get onto TikTok now so you can start building up the, your one of the original... Uh, adopters of TikTok it will help your algorithms start using brand <clears throat> brand architect as a hashtag start using your name as a hashtag so before it starts becoming popular you're grabbing the space okay okay got it and the last yeah. thing is post what works for you okay if you've got if don't do the filters and if no one follows it It doesn't matter because what will happen is in five years time when the landscape's different and people are following you, they will go back into your older stuff and go, Oh, that made so much sense. Never Mm -hmm. change who you are. Now I will send a pic. I'm always me on every kind of social platform. I did a, this time, this time last year, I was in Thailand and I was up in Chiang Mai and I was doing that, um, that feet thing where you put it in the, the uh, um, a big uh, fish pot and all the fish start nibbling your oh, feet. Oh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the funny thing was, because we're in lockdown now, I suddenly got that as last year's memory that this time last okay. year I was in Chiang Mai getting a, a foot massage. By- <laughs> I put that on TikTok. Now, I had put that on Facebook. The good thing is if you want to – and you can ask yourself this now. If someone wants to know who – Peter Brown is okay. Mm-hmm. Do you Google Peter Brown or do you go into Facebook?
0: I mean, to, to know him better, I'd rather go to Facebook. Yeah, why? Because I think they, uh, I don't know, because I think it's like a more non official side of Peter. I'm gonna get there probably.
1: Well, the is- I don't know. If you think about your website, you can ask people, hey, when was the last time you updated your website? And they'll go, well, two years ago. When was the last time you updated your Facebook pictures? uh, This morning while making coffee. Mm. The the social platforms are constantly updated and therefore current. Now, at the moment, everyone's looking at Facebook. When you don't look at Facebook, you look at LinkedIn. Okay? And so just imagine in five years' time, people may go, oh, I want to find out about that person. I'm going to look them up on TikTok.
0: Okay, okay? yeah,
1: got it. And there will be <laughs> have, you, have
0: you noticed that, you know, when 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 you check out the Facebook and, and LinkedIn, because LinkedIn changed so much and the colors are very similar, sometimes I don't even feel the difference. I don't remember on which platform I'm, I'm at that moment, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook. They well, start getting think, so similar, yeah?
1: Don't you think they designed it like that?
0: Well, uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. I literally get confused sometimes. Yeah.
1: Here's a, here's a funny little thing. Um, for anybody that loves Apple products, okay, yeah. look at the favorite accessories you use for Apple products, like iPhone cases, headphones, things like that. You'll notice that quite often the font that's used on the Apple website is the same font as used on their website so mm-hmm. that there's a similarity so it's almost like a self-endorsement so the fact that linkedin and facebook look very similar that's by design it's not by accident
0: okay get it yeah and and the content and the usage has been very you know is is before there was a, like a huge gap and chinese wall between the two Absolutely. now it's, it's very very similar
1: it's so very yeah similar, yeah
0: how how are you using LinkedIn? I mean, do you enjoy being on it? Or like do you actively use that platform? Or is it um, new you're looking at? Or
1: wow, loads of different questions. And I know I know we're we're getting tight for time now, but um LinkedIn uh the, the, the last question you asked is do I like using them? I'd rather sit down and have a conversation. I just noticed we've got Adam Raymond Brown just jumped on here. I'd rather be sat at a bar having a conversation with him rather than talking with him on Facebook. So I always prefer to have a conversation with someone and to meet them face to face. And then a fallback from that is the social platforms. Now, I'm very active in the fact that probably once a day, once every couple of days, um, I'm on there, either responding, posting, linking, especially Mm -hmm. now, because it's our main easy way of communicating with people. But here's the tip if you get if you get your friends if you get five friends in front of you and you say, "Hey, tonight you get home, it's six o'clock, and you turn the news on, and you ask all your friends what what news station do you put on?" you'll probably get five different answers mm-hmm. but it's the same news yeah okay so linkedin Twitter, Facebook, all of these social platforms put the same news on it because people consume the news from different platforms. I know people that go, I hate Facebook. Good for you. I don't own any stock. I don't care. Whatever I post on Facebook, automatically I cut and paste and I put on LinkedIn. Why? Because I'm the same person. It's the same information. It's just relevant to you where you consume it. So, I actually post. I don't change it. I don't try to be anybody different on any other platform. I am me absolutely everywhere, and I don't waste time trying to make it sound a bit smarter on LinkedIn than it is on Facebook. Copy yeah. paste. Copy. I, paste. I, I
0: I am totally with you. I'm totally with you, and yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, sometimes you get these comments like, "Oh, this is not a Facebook," and I'm like, I don't care. It's me. You know, it's yeah. it's not a Facebook, but you know, it's a platform I'm using. I'm using it the way I prefer to use it. Okay, to wrap this up, uh, uh, a question that I'm getting very often is, oh, how how do you manage to to connect with with people, you know, across the globe, people you never met, and you know, convince them to come on your podcast and dedicate an hour of their time? Right? I don't even remember how we got in touch. To be fair, uh, no, but,
1: I don't. You
0: know. Uh, Yeah, so but uh, what should someone do to get your attention online? Like if they want to connect with you for their podcast or they want to connect with you for for a conversation or whatever it is for, uh, what's the best way to to, uh, get your attention?
1: So let's do it for anybody and not just me, okay? okay? You can grab anyone's attention as long as you bring value to the table. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember, right at the beginning of this, I said that I wanted to meet rich people, so I had to do something to make rich people want to talk to me. As I knew about clubs because I was a doorman, that was my value. I was able to come forward and go, "Hey, there's a club opening up on Thursday. Do you want to get in?" I was able to come along and start a conversation by bringing value. If you've got dirty shoes and someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, how you doing? I see you've got beautiful shoes, but they're all marked." I use this product. It really works. Here you go. Here's a sample. I'm not selling it. I just got it. You know, you, you of Oh, you know, thank you very much. You're bringing value. If you've got someone that you're trying to get onto your podcast, the first thing that the person knows is that it helps your podcast. Okay. Now me and you, we've been friends for a while now. We've often chatted and conversed and gone back. So for me this morning, It's just me hanging out with an old friend. So I really, I really was happy to just catch up with you. Same here. Yeah. Um, But I remember when I first looked at it, I had a book coming out. So I was promoting the book. So what was in it for you? You wanted an interesting guest on your podcast. What was in it for me? I wanted to promote, you know, Bluefish and the Art of Making Things Happen, one of the greatest books of all time. Absolutely. I endorse that. But (laughs) that was what was in it for me then. Um, So if you don't know someone and you want to reach out to them to get them onto the podcast, give them a reason and do some research first. Reach out to them and go, hey, I know you love vintage Porsche cars. Um, So do I. Um, I saw it as a common link and use it as a reason to start a conversation and then go, hey, I'd yeah. love to have you on the show and talk about the one thing everybody in the planet will continually talk about is what they love yeah now if someone's selling something they'll pitch it for a couple of minutes but they will talk about what they love forever if we were having a conversation about motorbikes and whiskey cocktails i could talk for about 15 days straight and you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to get a word in because i just love bikes and and whiskey and
0: i don't know much about those, so yeah i definitely (laughs)
1: wouldn't (laughs) and there you go but you know, like for sake, like someone could contact you and go, "Hey, I don't know much about whiskey, but I've got a, a podcast. Would you come on and talk about your favorite whiskey cocktail?" You yeah. know, it's giving them something. It's giving them a platform to talk about something they like. So you've just got to do that research before. Whenever I've gone to any affluent client, whether it be Sir Elton John, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, anyone that I've worked with, Andrea Bocelli, I did some research first. Yeah. So that when I reached out to them and said, hey, I believe you support this charity. I believe you have this event. Oh, I believe you're doing this. Can I be part of it? Because I've got this solution. I've got this idea. I've got this platform. Give them a reason that helps them.
0: Absolutely. I think it all comes down to uh, genuine human relationships. It doesn't matter whether it's online, whether you, 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 you know, strike a conversation in a coffee shop. It's just about being genuine and kind of, you know, knowing how to talk to, to real people. Uh, And that's it. Uh, I don't see any difference between kind of, you know, sending a message to a person on on LinkedIn or on Facebook or just, you know, meeting them at workplace or whatever it is. So, so yeah, I mean, just to finish it up, I'm, I'm, I absolutely appreciate your time it was a uh, really great to meet you again um for everyone who hasn't yet got the book uh please uh blue fishing the art of making things happen right yep yeah um i mean as i said i'm halfway through a really great read very useful and 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 very interesting so i i uh, i really recommend you getting the book and reading it and um uh, and yeah again uh Thanks a lot for the time. I truly, truly appreciate
1: it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. This was all that I had for you today. I truly appreciate every single one of you. If you really enjoyed the episode, uh, please uh, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that will help the podcast grow, which means that more people who actually need that kind of content and uh, knowledge will be able to discover it and listen to it as well. And if you're one of those who actually um, want to build and grow your online brand, uh, please feel free to contact me uh, on my website, anniealexander.com, and let's see if I can help you with that. That's all. Please stay safe and stay home. And hopefully this situation will be resolved uh, soon and we'll get out of this much stronger. Take care. See you in the next episode.